When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am so excited to teach you about negative splits, how you can use it in your next in-person run, because guess what? They're back. It's post-COVID and we can all be doing races again together. But trust me, that adrenaline kick and that feeling of being in the crowd at the beginning, we need to control. And I'll tell you how to harness that and how it can benefit you in the long run, literally the longer runs, so that you can be on top of it and feel in control and finish with the best time yet for your races. Let's learn together. Welcome everyone to Run Girl Radio. I'm Holly Dickinson, founder of Excel Strength and Conditioning, where we coach and empower female runners just like you across the world, making you faster, more knowledgeable, and set for a lifetime of injury-free running. Each week, I will be bringing you impactful information, creative solutions, and juicy running tips to get you one stride closer to your highest running self knowing that when curious and strong women are equipped with on-topic information and innovative solutions, there is no stopping us. Consider me your personal running coach in your back pocket. So join me and get ready to bust down some barriers, laugh at some running real talk, and get excited and energized as we have some fun finding our way together through this wonderful world of running. Welcome back, ladies. And today we're gonna dive into a really interesting topic. Um, that I've gone over with a bunch of people and I was really surprised when I said it to a few people that have have done races in the past and had never heard of negative splits. So I thought this was a great opportunity to dive into a bit of the education behind negative splits, how it's been used in kind of the pro world, what some pros and cons are regarding us doing negative splits and how you can find out your own negative split um, and play with it through training, different types of training you can do and also a way that you can figure out your own negative split through an online tool that I will provide you guys with as well. Anyway, I am, I think I'm going crazy because (laughs) in the next four weeks, I'm going to run three different races, um, two 10Ks and a half marathon. And I've I've not run three races in that short a period of time. Um, And I definitely am starting to think about my negative splits for specifically the longer um, half marathon, but even in these 10Ks so that I can do this first 10K, which is a run for funds to ladies that are local here to Victoria. They put this run on to raise funds for the Homoclo and Taklaman nations that are trying to remove the salmon farms in their territories here on Vancouver Island. So huge awareness to the wild salmon campaign. But I'm using that 10K as kind of a practice to my 10K that's happening in a few weeks time um, to knock it out of the park. So I will be practicing this negative splitting as well as this is constantly a thing that we will evolve and refocus when we get better at our aerobic capacity, when we get more fit, when we're able to run further distances, these splits should change. So it's constantly a nice trial and error for you to do. Um, Anyway, we'll dive into what that even looks like right now. So in a perfect world, you'd run a race with even splits, meaning that every mile or kilometer is exactly the same speed as the next and the one before it, 
<laughs> However, a lot of coaches and runners will tell you that the best way to run a race is to run a negative split. And a negative split is where you run the second half of a race faster than the first half. So if you were to run a 5K and you ran the first two and a half K in about 12 minutes, and then the second half in about 11 minutes, that would be considered a negative split. So it doesn't have to be split down the middle. However, running a negative split doesn't have to be half and half. <laughs> um, oftentimes we get caught up in the fact that it, it, the verbiage is a split and it really does have to be down the middle, but it doesn't have to be that case. In fact, it's more beneficial if you can do it over a longer period of the run, you are doing a slower pace and then you start kicking in at that end portion of your run to boost you through. Now, let's say in a 10K race, you'd run the first 7K at an even pace, and then you would speed up for the following 2K, and then put a kick in at that last finishing kilometer of the race. That would be a great execution of a longer than a 5K, so say a 10K or a half marathon. Um, very ballpark, okay? We're talking very gener generic here, <laughs> very general. This would change person to person, the pacing, distance, when you'd kick in, and a coach would be a great person to talk to about this. Um, but running the majority of the race at an even pace and then having two pace changes in the later stages of the race is a great way to just think in general about your ability to run a negative split and have it benefit you. Now, a big commonality that we see in runners or specifically novice racers is this term called bonking. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's also called hitting the wall. It's where we go out way too hard in the beginning of the race, right when like stakes are high, everyone's really close. It's all bustling and fun and the adrenaline is kicking our butts and it's brilliant. We're, we're high on life, right? We're feeling that endorphin <laughs> rush, but we can get to a stage where either we're having to walk run at the last portion of our race, which is never fun, or we're hitting the wall, which is what it's called. And the term is actually called bonking. Um, and you'll see videos on YouTube of this, or if you've ever been to uh, the finishing line of a marathon, you'll see this so often. It's basically where the body has reached its, like depleted all of its glycogen stores. And we're starting to like fatigue and, and just burn out um, to the point where we're now burning fat and each step to the finish line is basically a huge battle. And this is where nutrition and making sure we're getting enough during the race and pre-race nutrition, etc., really does build in for those longer runs um, to make sure that we have enough physical fuel in the tank so that we can keep running and make sure that we're not falling flat on our face and bonking later in the race, which sucks. No one wants to be walking over the finish line or crawling which is in reality what bonking looks like. And again, that's when we get into more of the marathon distance, the very long endurance-based um, running, not so much seen in the, the half marathons or the 5K, 10K range. However, back to the negative splits. Like anything else, if you wanna run a negative split on race day, you'll need to spend time practicing it during training too. So whether it's a short recovery run or on your weekly long run, make it a point to start slower than you normally would and finish off the second half of your distance or right near the end, really kicking it and really pushing. This will help you build like aerobic capacity just in general, but this will also help you build the confidence and strategy to get your body accustomed to this type of pacing. 
Now, if you have a race time in mind to finish under, then you'll definitely want to be training your body to learn a negative split that's good for that. But more specifically in your training, you'll want to be including the following. Tempo runs, interval runs, even on easy and moderate days of running, thinking about incorporating those in, or even on the shorter distances where you're not doing, say, your 10K race distance in practice, you're doing four or 5K, you wanna be practicing those kicks and those tempo and pace changes in your training. Also important too, to be running slow runs or recovery runs so that you can practice going slower than your pace and still having good form. A lot of us change our form when we're running different speeds and sometimes we can sit into our hips. And again, if you look at the beginning of your race versus the end of your race, everything's starting to pitch in and sometimes we can sit into our hips. All of our weak points can really be highlighted when we're later in our run, in our race. So making sure that we're also keeping our recovery runs form focused and staying at that low pace so that we can practice um, reining in and having a slower pace that we can be utilizing when we go into these negative splits. Now I'm going to make a whole other episode on types of run training that there are and how you can dapple with them, like the tempo runs, the intervals, etc. But for now, let's just focus on the negative split. If you are training regularly and say recording these runs, because it's important that we have some sort of data or pulse check on what we're performing right now with, then we can play with these numbers. And in your training, you can incorporate those intervals to improve that pace, but also to project it out for what you think you'd be capable of doing in your, say your 10K race or your half marathon race if you're not fully running that pace before your actual race. Sometimes we don't run the full marathon before we do the marathon, <laughs> we're working up to that distance. Again, different strokes for different folks, different training mechanisms for different coaches and different styles, um, but also how much time you even have before you run that race too. So now into a tool for you. There are negative split calculators that give you split times and lap times so a split time would be, say you're doing 1K, 2K, 3K, it would tell you exactly how much time has passed over that whole duration of running. And then the lap time would be in that last kilometer, what your pace was. There's a conservative and an aggressive way to negative split. And the calculator will allow you to adjust <laughs> for what you are feeling you need. But the most aggressive splits have the greatest range between the finishing and the starting lap times. So you may be starting the run at say six minutes per kilometer and then the last kilometer of the race, again, when you've sped up, you're running just under five minutes per kilometer. The more conservative split suggestions are not ranging a great deal. From the beginning to the end of the race, you're running about six seconds difference between your pace, um, which is very hard to, to maintain and mimic when you're actually doing the run. So very tricky. But again, this is stuff that you can play with, that you can tease and, and have some fun with designing and orienting your next run training that is longer or your next practice race or full race. Now, another great way to use these negative split calculators because you might look at it and go, Holly, this is like, I think I'm gonna die. <laughs> this looks so complicated. A nice way to do it is have time check-ins. So pop it into the, the calculator. You know, you wanna do a 10K in an hour and 10 minutes. It'll give you those time chunks. 
Look at, say, that 5K or that 6K mark. By the 6K distance, you should have achieved a certain time so that you kind of stay on track to what the calculator is projecting. Then from there, you can just think, okay, I've got to kick it for another kilometer, and then I'm going to try and increase it as much as I can for that last 1K or 2K, again, however long your race is, but with appropriate means. Having audio cues turned on on your watch to let you know your split time is also hugely valuable. Now, you can do this also on your phone if you're using Strava. You can have it set up so that after you complete a kilometer, it tells you exactly how much time's passed or what your split time is. This can be really great feedback, you guys. Now, if you are like, I can't remember the numbers. What if at 7K it's gotta be this, and then I've gotta do that? This is where we can apply that oh-so-common phrase of keep it simple, stupid, <laughs> where I use it all the time. Let's just keep it simple for ourselves. So instead of trying to memorize numbers and configure it out in our mind, let's write it down. Pick your key numbers that you need to remember, say if it's getting 7K in under this amount of time, then you know you can kick it up a notch. Write that down on your penny or write it down on your arm with a skin safe ink or something like that. And then you have that as a, a reference point mid-race when you need a bit of grounding, when you need that check-in, it's right there for you. Another great method is if you're running a longer race, if you have a hydration belt and you've got, you know, a water bottle in there, write it on the outside of your water bottle. Then you can have it there as a reference if you've got more check-in times that you want to be um, really strict with, it's there for your use. Again, these are really nice, simple ways you can implement um, just tracking your distance and tracking what pace you should be doing so that you know exactly when to turn up the heat and how much to turn up the heat as well. Okay, so I've linked a negative split calculator down below in the show notes for you to play with, just for you to look at and try and configure. If you've got questions, throw me a DM. I'm happy to help you. But let's talk some more pros. What are some other advantages of running a negative split that maybe you haven't thought of? Maybe you're like, eh, Holly, I'm not gonna do that. That sounds stupid. <laughs> let's, let's dive in to some other things that will really help and, and maybe make you try and, and have some fun with it in your practice at least. Number one is harnessing that adrenaline rush. That initial, oh my goodness, I'm starting a race, having the bustle of everybody around you, and, and again, these are our first races post-COVID. It's been a few years, you guys. The adrenaline rush is gonna be big, but avoiding that adrenaline rush and crash um, that's gonna slow us down and remembering that at the beginning, we are trying to avoid dodging and weaving and really wasting our energy, really thinking about conserving it whilst others can gazelle bound around us um, to get a one or two meters ahead, but that's gonna be a big one, okay? Is really managing and conserving energy and not wasting it in crazy quick moves and through that adrenaline rush that we get right at the beginning. Because guess what? Stuff kinda spreads out mid-race and later race, you're running on your own. So wouldn't you rather have a bit more energy when you're further along the line? This leads us to our next great pro and one of our favorite ones because so many people have to play games. When we're in longer races, our mental headspace really does have to be focused on something or completely distracted from the thing that's screaming at you. <laughs> so this is the point in the race where yes, everything's more spread out, we're further along in the race, but it's time to start catching runners. Now we're picking up the pace. This is where we can start overtaking other people and each person you pass is a little bit of a win for you. Not that we need a race 
against other people. We're racing ourselves, really and truly, when we are doing a long race. But this little edge of competitive nature will really help. And it will give you a little bit of a boost and something to really aim for. I'm going to pass that person in the yellow shirt. Okay, I'm going to make it to that tree or that next landmark quicker than that other person. It keeps our eye on the prize. And at the point where we need to push, it'll help us push. Now, if we're talking physiology and the benefits of a negative split, it does take a while to warm up during a race. And sometimes when the weather is maybe colder than you expect, or you're waiting on that start line for quite a long time, again, sometimes it's not an ideal and perfect world on race day. Um, so getting into that run and a few miles in or a few kilometers in, by then your joints are actually fully lubricated. We're, we've like balanced out that adrenaline and our performance boosting hormones are like peaking as we get further into that race. Muscles are primed and now everything's starting to feel smooth. So in short, you're not really ready to run your best until you're kind of in that middle to later end of the race. If we're talking kind of a 10K um, or even those longer distances, again, we need a couple of miles or a couple K really to optimize how our body is running and then we can settle into that pace. So using that negative split to our advantage, really making sure that we're attaining a slower start out, making sure our body's good, making sure our pace is great, will be more effective than most of us really do think. Now regarding other pros, if literally were to look at the pros and the evidence that's there on how runners have done negative splits and gained so much success, there's a few we can dive in. The US Olympic marathoner Jared Ward has actually built a huge reputation for executing very precisely paced races. The last 10K of his race in Rio in 2016 was insanely crazy. He passed so many runners that had faded and he got sixth place. Um, he even wrote his master's thesis in the field of statistics of optimal pacing strategies for marathon runners. So let's just say he dove in and then he dove in more. <laughs> it's wicked. Anyway, you have to be thinking, Holly, um, I'm not a marathon runner quite yet. No, that's fine. If we look at even the shorter distances, like Galen Rupp, he had a fantastic negative split performance when he set the American record for the indoor 5K at like 13 minutes and a second like 13 minutes, it's insane. And he negative split that actually to a T. When we look at other professionals like Kenanese Bekele from Ethiopia, who ran the 10,000 meter world record of 26 minutes and 17 seconds, his 5K split times were like 13.9 seconds, followed by 13.8 seconds. <laughs> so it's insane. And then when he set his 5,000 meter world record, it couldn't be more textbook. He did 12 minutes and 37 seconds as his as his finishing time, which was insane. And his 1K splits were 2 minutes and 33, 2 minutes and 32, 2 minutes and 31, 2 minutes 30, and then 2 minutes 29. This is last, the last fastest one. So it was insane. That, that just shows you how to a T he is with his splits. But needless to say, we are not getting that dialed in. We are not breaking more records. But try practicing negative splits in your training for fun. Use the negative split calculator below and it overall, just try pacing it and see how it feels for your body. Now, what are the inevitable challenges of running a negative split in general? The first is that it can be quite difficult to run a negative split and especially for longer races. Longer races mean more time on your feet and this allows you to have to think about keeping track of fueling and hydration. 
missing a gel or water or something in a marathon or a half marathon can be quite difficult um, when we're keeping up pace in the later half of the race. And weather can also be a huge determinant and deteriorator of, of the negative split too. If the temperature heats up, it can be so difficult to maintain and then increase your pace when we're, our body is already hot, hot and going, okay? Other factors such as like wind, course elevation, in general when we're talking negative splits can make a big impact. So thinking about a race or a certain route that you're doing and if it's got a crazy incline or a crazy decline, just remember that that is where it's happening in the race and that you can just adjust to it. But we can't run different laps or different routes. <laughs> We're on the same one together. So just be sure that if you're running a crazy downhill, it's really going to speed you up in the first kilometer or two of a really long race. Just remember to account for that and that nothing is perfect. We're not running flat races everywhere and you will have a variation in your splits. So it's not to the T and it's not perfect. It's just a general guide, you guys. And if anything, we can go back to our the episode that we did on heart rate and why maybe we shouldn't be using heart rate as a guiding factor, more so RPE, rating of perceived exertion. Great time to practice that too. Make sure that we're staying in that ballpark and you'll have a better success with running your negative splits. So all in all, I hope today's episode really helped you understand what a negative split is, how you can do it just generically in your runs, finishing that last half faster than the first half, how you can conserve some energy, but also how you can dive into the specifics of training with it and find on this online tool just how you can pace properly or chunk times so that you can make that next race your best race. Anyway, let me know on Instagram at Excel Strength Conditioning, how you're gonna implement this, who you're running your next race with, and how you guys are gonna negative split it. I can't wait to hear all about it. Till next week, ladies, run strong. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.